Way home from At work. this early stage, Heather, do we know what I might be picking up? It may be too early to know that, Doyle. There is reportedly enough milk in the Redland family refrigerator for the evening meal, but in regard to tomorrow's breakfast, there may be a shortage of eggs or fruit. Thank you, Heather, for that eye-opening report. In the extended outlook, I am scheduled to visit the doctor's office tomorrow. Planned is a further checkup of my anal region, damaged by a recent masturbation experiment involving the business end of a Bart Simpson doll. More news after this commercial message. announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Yeah. Hello, my name is Jimmy Pop. Welcome to the show. I'm a dumb white guy. I'm not older. Not older new. Middle school, fifth grade, like junior high. Come on in, come on in, have a seat, sit down, be quiet, shut up. Props to my hoe cause she fly but I Leave room for that fat guy Cause I'm the other white meat known as Kid Funk Sodomana Hung like planet Hung like planet Pluto Come on in have a seat Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio Good evening one Good evening all Had a great show for you this evening We're looking at the working man And woman And child A lot of kids working out there And this whole amazing concept of work and uh, how some of us make our lives our work and some of us make our work our lives and some of us work don't mean shit. It's a way to stop working. You, you work so you can stop working for a minute. So you can eat something that you worked for. 
And hanging with uh, Texas Frank and Sid the Neighbor, the world's famous uh, Sid the Neighbor, whose name is spoken in over 130 countries each and every evening. Plus, hanging with the Lord of Sin behind the glass here at Jester Radio Studios in a secret location outside your universe. And we have a befitting playlist for our tribute to the working stiff. And uh, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine. Today, President Bush was, turns out, unaware of the pending sale of shipping operations at six major U.S. seaports to a state-owned business in the United Arab Emirates until the deal already had been approved by his administration. Defending the deal anew, the administration also said that it should have briefed Congress sooner about the transaction, which has triggered a major political backlash among both Republicans and Democrats as if they need more shit. Bush yesterday brushed aside objections by leaders in the Senate and the House that the $6.8 billion sale could raise risks of terrorism at American ports. What? What? Brushed aside objections? You fucking joking me? In a forceful defense, yeah, no, the Arabs own six fucking seaports in six major U.S. cities, but there's no problem there. In a forceful defense of his administration's earlier approval of the deal, he pledged to veto any bill Congress might approve to block the agreement involving the sale of a British company to the Arab firm. So now he's actually going so far as to say they're going to fuck anybody that tries to stop the deal. And, of course, we know what this is really all about, is the Bushes are in up to their puppets with the Arabs. They've been doing business with them for 100 years. They fucking snuck them out of the country after 9-11 on special VIP flights, and they've been seen hugging and kissing with the fucking Arab princes and, you know, potentates. They're thick as thieves. Dubai Port's top American executive chief oper operating officer, Edward H. Bikey, said the company will do whatever the administration asks to enhance shipping security and ensure the sale going through. Bilkey said today that he will work in Washington to persuade skeptical lawmakers that they should endorse the deal. These two Senate oversight hearings are also scheduled. We're disappointed, Bilkey told Jester Radio in an interview. We're going to do our best to persuade them that they jumped the gun. The United Arab Emirates is a very solid friend, as President Bush has said. You know, it's amazing. We fucking, you people are unbelievable. The guy invades Iraq because it's run by a fucking vicious dictator, but the United Arab Emirates are your friends. How does that work? United Arab Emirates is also a dictatorship. They call it a monarchy, and they made up some phony princes and kings and crap like that, but it's just a fucking dictatorship. There's no democracy in any Arab country, except, of course, Iraq. And that's falling apart now, too. Insurgents posing as police destroyed the Golden Dome of one of Iraq's holiest Shiite shrines today, setting off an unprecedented spasm of sectarian violence. Arab angry crowds thronged the streets. Militiamen attacked Sunni mosques, and at least 19 people were killed with the gleaming dome of the 1,200-year-old Asakira Shrine reduced to rubble, some Shiites lashed out at, guess who? The United States is partly to blame. 
the violence, many of the 90 attacks, they fucking blow each other up to shit and they blame the United States. The Shiites and the fucking Sunnis have been doing this for 5,000 years. What an arrogant motherfucker that George Bush is to actually believe that anything he can do is going to change that. This country is going to quickly deteriorate into a civil war, mark my words, and the Americans are going to run with their fucking tails between their legs in misery and shame. And instead of holding up his father's uh, honor... And, and getting fucking revenge for his father, which is what this was all about to begin with, he'll have shamed his entire fucking country, this miserable lying sack of shit that he is. Many leaders called for calm were facing a major conspiracy. And by the way, they do this only on Western TV. When they get on Al Jazeera, they scream bloody murder. Kill the fucking uh, Israel and kill America. They're the reason that you're fucking starving. They're the reason you're so unhappy. They're the reason the imams are fucking you up the ass every night. We're facing a major conspiracy that is targeting Iraq's unity, said President Jalal Talabani, who happens to be a Kurd. We should all stand hand in hand to prevent the danger of a civil war. President Bush pledged American help to restore the mosque after the bombing north of Baghdad. And by the way, if you're an American... Aren't you now overjoyed your president has committed you to rebuilding their fucking mosque that they fucking blew up? One fucking Iraqi blows up another Iraqi's mosque and you're footing the bill. Congratulations. You should get to go over there and fucking uh, sleep there anytime you want. They should have a section, you know, cordoned off for any American tourists whose taxpayer dollars went into rebuilding this uh, basically just a, you know, a clubhouse for American haters. The terrorists in Iraq have again proven that they are enemies of all faiths and all humanity, Bush said. The world must stand united against them and steadfast behind the people of Iraq. But no problem, you know, <laughs> letting the Arabs buy the seaports. New York drum maker has been hospitalized with a case of inhaled anthrax that officials say he may have contracted from raw animal hides that he imports from Africa. Authorities said today the infection appeared to be accidental, not terrorism, and did not pose a serious health threat. Vavo Diamande, 44, had traveled recently to the west coast of Africa and fell ill in Pennsylvania last week shortly after he returned to this country with some hides. It's not exactly clear how Diamande came in contact with the deadly substance or whether it happened in Africa or in this country, but aides to Mayor Michael Bloomberg said it was related to his job making drums from animal skins. At least four other people may have been exposed to anthrax spores, including a family member of the infected man who worked with the hides and three that were being treated by antibiotics. Every indication suggests that this is naturally occurring anthrax according to uh, City of uh, Health Commissioner Thomas Frieden. Authorities were also screening for contaminants at the man's rented work areas in Brooklyn, in his vehicle, and in his Manhattan apartment. So if you're anywhere within a 300-mile radius of New York, if you know if you have any brains at all, just run like a motherfucker for the border. Just run like the Dickens. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord. 
Welcome to uh, all the listeners from uh, uh, Brothers of Sin, or what the fuck is it called? Sin Brothers Radio, you're tuned into uh, Jester Radio, up every morning just to keep my job, I gotta find my way through the hustle and mob, sounds of the city pounding in my brain, as another day goes down the drain. You're on Jester Radio, leave it right where it is. Sounds of the city pounding in my brain, while another day goes down the drain.
Big Dolly on Jester Radio, 9 to 5. It's all taken and no given. The Vogue's before that 5 o'clock world. That's how many of us think of the working life. Up in the morning and out to work. Work all day, go home at night. And kick back. And a lot of us think of our jobs as nothing more than, you know, putting food on the table, renting a a roof over your head. For some people, though, you know, what they do for a living is uh, very closely tied in with what they are as a person. And uh, I met a guy one time on a train and uh, got into a conversation with him and he told me he was the webmaster of some fucking website somewhere, I don't know, and he got to he got into America by uh, some foreign exchange program and how grateful he was in America and so I said, "Wow, that's really cool. It's great that you uh that you have this uh cool job." You know, he goes, "Oh man, that's just what I do during the day. What I what I do at night is a million times better." He said, "I I have a little website where I help the people back from my home country find jobs in the United States." I said, oh, that's really cool. That's very good. He goes, yeah, I just do it, you know, because uh, I believe that a person should use his powers for good instead of evil. So I said, you've been reading Superman <laughs> a lot, haven't you? But that's what we do. We uh, we use our powers in our job, and sometimes we use them for good, and sometimes we use them for not so good. But that's, um, you know, that's just the job that we do. And, of course, um, many of us, you know, don't even really, um, you know, care about our job. We just see it as an adversarial uh, situation. You hate your boss. He hates you. You hate the people who he hates. And they hate you, too. And uh, it's a constant, you know, struggle between uh, labor and management, and that's what their lives are all about. And some people have managed to escape that somehow. They either make money by doing something they love, or they just somehow don't worry about money. They put the money thing out of the picture. Maybe they have, uh, you know, worked enough, and they get themselves a little piece of property somewhere and start some self-sustaining wheel turning. Maybe grow some chickens. I don't know. Whatever the fuck people grow out in the country. I haven't the faintest idea. I'm a city boy. But speaking of working out in the country, eight workers at a Nebraska meatpacking plant are really bringing home the bacon now. They stepped forward today to claim the biggest lottery jackpot in U.S. history, $365 million. The seven men and one woman, woman, I should say, bought the winning Powerball ticket at a convenience store near the ConAgra ham processing plant where they worked. Notice I use the past tense of the word. At least three of the winners are immigrants, two from Vietnam and one from the Congo. The Congo. The Congo. This is a great country, said Quang Dao, 56, who came to the United States in 1988. He still has family in Vietnam and said he plans to help them 
financially with his winnings. The previous U.S. jackpot, they can start like the Quandow fucking memorial, uh, <laughs> you know, school over there with his share. The previous U.S. jackpot record was $363 million, won by two ticket holders in Illinois and Michigan in 2000. The Nebraska workers had the option of taking the money in one lump sum or 30 annual installments. They chose the lump sum. And they'll get $15.5 million each after taxes, $15.5 million in their pockets. Three of the group quit their jobs when they hit the jackpot. I've been retired for about four days now, said Eric Zornes, 40. Alan Mabuso, 26, fled from the Congo in 1999 to escape the Civil War there. He said he plans to quit work and return to school. He plans to quit work. He didn't do it yet. <laughs> And returned to school for a degree in business administration. He said the money will provide for his wife and baby daughter. She's going to be happy for the rest of her life, he said, of the three-month-old. Mike Terpstra, 47-year-old plant supervisor who's single and has no children, was unsure what to do with the money. Everybody has dreams, he said. <clears throat> buy an island, buy an airplane. In reality, I'm not a big fan of flying and I really don't like the water. The winners said they often pooled their money with other workers when power, Powerball jackpots exceeded $40 million. Mabuso said he did not think employees who, do, who did not chip in for the tickets would harbor any Ill, Ill, Ill will toward the winners. I don't think they have a reason to be jealous because when it's pool day, we ask people to put in 5 bucks. So if you wasn't there or you didn't put 5 bucks in, sorry, he said. <laughs> That's all. The numbers, by the way, were 15, 17, 43, 44, 48, and the Powerball number was 29. So check your tickets. A gang of armed robbers impersonating police officers tied up employees at a Southern England security company and stole the equivalent of $43.5 million, the Bank of England said today, in disclosing one of the largest bank heists in British history. The money, about 25 million pounds in banknotes, was stolen overnight from a cash center in Tonbridge in Kent County, bank spokesman said, on condition to uh, uh, on uh, condition of anonymity, according to bank policy. No one was injured in the robbery. The bank spokesman said that uh, it was possible that more than $43.5 million was stolen, but the final figure will not be known until the security company completes its accounting. The heist at Securitas Cash Management Limited began when some of the thieves, dressed as police officers, stopped the firm's manager as he drove home yesterday. The manager got into their car, which he believed to be a police vehicle. He was handcuffed by the robbers. At the same time, another team of thieves went to the manager's house, saying that he'd just been in an accident. The men convinced his wife and son to leave the home and go with them. The first team with the manager in the car met up with a uh, white van and another group of thieves the manager was placed in the van, which then headed towards the Tonbridge Depot. The manager allegedly was told to cooperate or his family would be hurt. Sons of bitches. I hope they catch those motherfuckers. Stealing people's money and fucking scaring the shit out of women and children. Suckers of cock. Two hot-selling supplements used by uh, millions of Americans are of little help to most people with mild arthritis, concludes a large government study that's part of an effort to scrutinize unproven health remedies. For most arthritis patients with aching knees, the health food store supplements, glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate,
turned out to be no better than the dummy pills. People who had more acute knee pain seemed to show some benefit. Because of that hint of possible relief and other factors, the study may not settle the debate about those uh, unproven treatments, even though it's considered the largest and most scientific test date to date. We still have a bit of a conundrum, said uh, Dr. Tim McAllendon, Tufts University rheumatologist who had no role in the research. Rheumatologist Dr. Daniel Clegg of the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, who led the study, suggested people with severe arthritis talk to their doctors about trying the supplements short-term to see if they work. There's a lot of these fucking TV commercials going around where they sell supplements, iron and vitamins and crap like that, and uh, they make all kinds of outrageous claims, cures fucking liver cancer and you know sore feet and fucking arthritis and all kinds of bullshit. People have been promising you know, arthritis cures for thousands of years. Nothing seems to work so far. But, you know, people are desperate, and also the mind is a powerful, uh, you know, the mind has the ability to completely suppress pain, if you want. So, take those dummy pills and they think it's working. They take their fucking chondroitin. So, I said to my best friend, can't you see what a mess I'm in? My daddy, he taught me to drink whiskey, but my mama, she died from drinking gin. And my brother, he works in a coal mine. He works so hard for his pay. And my sister, she believes in sweet Lord Jesus, and she's waiting for Judgment Day. What am I living for? Can't you see what a mess I'm in? My daddy, he taught me to drink whiskey. But my mama, she died from a drinking gin. My brother, he works in a coal mine. Works so hard. Get his pay. My sister, she believes in sweet Lord Jesus, and she's waiting for redemption day. What am I living for? Why am I living? Why am I giving? All my life, bring up a family, children and wife. Tell me, my friend, hasn't that been done before? I remember my first job. I was singing. The band. Every payday came around. I'd take my money from the man. 
spend it wisely, boy Or save it while you have the time But I got drunk on the stand And I blew the band Now I'm standing in the unemployment line
For the men, everybody's working for somebody. Even if you're working for yourself, you're working for somebody. You're working for everybody. Everybody's the man. Roy Orbison on Chester Radio. Mark Armin Band before that. Had me a sweet woman. Love her till the sun don't shine. And I came home one evening early. And I found her with a friend of mine. And it's not so much that I needed her, but, God, it's hard to stay away. So I packed my bags and I hit the road, and I've never seen her to this day. What am I living for? Why am I living? Why am I giving all of my life to bring up a family, children, and wife? Listen, my friend, it's all been done before. Mark Amon. On Jester Radio. Hanging with the Lord of Sin, Texas Frank, Sid the Neighbor in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and throw your two Kopecks into the thick of the fray? Kid Rock has won an initial victory in his attempt. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Robert. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that the request lines are now officially open at www.jesterradio.com. Click on where it says request and follow the simple to follow instructions. And uh, we'll get your request on the air within 15 minutes or so. <laughs> or less or more. And there's lots of other ways to send in requests. You could email to request at jesterradio.com. And you could ICQ us at uh, 1928-0706. And you could in, AOL Instant Messenger us at jesterradio1. I think that's pretty much it. Well, you could just stop by the studios and slip us a note. Oh, that's right. And you could also come to the chat room. Those people who are in the chat room get priority on requests. Thank you, Bob. Kid Rock has won an initial victory in his attempt to stop a California company from releasing an explicit sex video featuring the rap rocker, former Creed singer Scott Stapp, and four women U.S. District Court Judge John Feekins 
signed a temporary order that stops David Joseph and his worldwide red light district company from distributing or promoting any portion of the tape, including a 40-second preview clip of the video that was previously displayed on Red Light District's websites. Yesterday, Kid Rock's lawyers sued Red Light, which made headlines in 2004 by distributing the Paris Hilton sex video, accusing the firm of violating Kid Rock's trademark and privacy rights. The lawsuit seeks a permanent court order halting the sale or distribution of the video. We don't deny the authenticity of the tape, Kid Rock's lawyer, William Horton, told the Detroit Free Press, but they're using this without his permission to drive the sales of their other products. No, they're using it without his permission to drive the sale of that product. <laughs> Even rock stars are entitled to privacy, said co-counsel Michael Novak. Questionable remark. On Wednesday, Novak and Stapp's lawyer had informed him and his colleagues that the tape had been stolen from Stapp. That just further underscores that this is not authorized. Novak said a message-seeking comment was left for strap lawyer uh, Howard Weitzman. He just, he never returned that call. Nobody ever returns that call. They get these messages that say, Jester Radio is calling for a comment. And they say, who? Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2002. And we're talking about working and what's the point of work, you know, the purest form of currency. We invented currency so we could stop working for five minutes. So we'd work and work and work instead of just, you know, work and eat and work and eat. Work used to be raising food and raising and, and killing food to eat. So then we invented money so that we could give food to other people, get some, you know, barter get some beads or some tiger tongues or whatever the currency of the realm is, the coin of the realm, and then sit on our ass for a few minutes. And then, you know, later go back and get some more buffalo or whatever the hell it was, yak, that we killed with the money. And the, and barter, you know, doing work for other people's work is the purest form of currency. There's no record. You wipe your hands and feet and you walk away. I'll milk your cow and you go over and, you know, milk my wife and we'll call it a day. So that became, you know, like uh, where people got good at just one thing. You know, one guy was good at killing the meat and then one guy was good at cutting it up and one guy was good at cooking it and one guy, you know, everybody else is just good at eating it. And they do other shit. Don Henley says, these days a man makes you something and you never know his name. I'm sure back in the old days, you know, whoever it was that killed your dinner, you know, was known to you very intimately. And then, of course, there's the kind of work that you do involuntarily. The, you know, throughout history, there's been millions of people who have been enslaved and forced to work against their will. The, you know, ancient Hebrews and the, the, the uh, African uh, Negroes that were brought by Arabs, by the way, to North America on slave ships. How ironic I always thought it was that the same uh, African Americans then uh, took on the Muslim religion, which was that of their slavers. What a fucking world you people live in. Holy baby Jesus. And then if you 
down south and you get caught, you know, with a joint, you get to work on the chain gang. Leave it right where it is on Just Radio. So big you feel nothing at all A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be They hurt you at home and they hit you at school They hate you if you're clever and they despise a fool Till you're so fucking crazy you can't follow their rules A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be When they've tortured and scared you for twenty-odd years Then they expect you to pick a career 
When you can't really function, you're so full of fear. A working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. Keep you doped with religion, sex, and TV. And you think you're so clever and classless and free, but you're still fucking peasants, as far as I can see. A working-class hero is something to be. A working-class hero is something to be. There's room at the top. They are telling you still. But first, you must learn how to smile as you kill. You want to be like the folks on the hill. A working-class hero is something to be. A working-class hero is something to be. If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me. If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me. There's room at the top. They're telling you still. But first, you must learn how to smile as you kill. If you want to be like the folks on the hill, the late great Johnny Ace, John Lennon, working class hero on Just Radio, Sam Cooke. Before that, working on the Chain Gang all day long. You can hear them singing. Working on those highways and byways. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging with Sid the Neighbor, Texas Francis, Lord of Sin, in the Jester Radio chat room. Please stop by and say hi. In another embarrassment for one of the nation's service academies, Navy quarterback Lamar Owens has been charged with raping a female midshipman in her dorm room. Owens, a 22-year-old senior from Savannah, Georgia, was charged under the Military Code of Justice because the alleged attack took place on the grounds of the U.S. Naval Academy, according to Academy spokesman Commander Rod Gibbons. He remains assigned to the Naval Academy and will continue to attend class performing other duties normally assigned to midshipmen pending results of the investigation, Gibbons said. He said the Academy took steps to prevent contact between Owens and the woman. So at least we know he swings that that away. Investigators said Owens attacked the woman last month after entering her room in Bancroft Hall. Without her consent, Gibbons said the Academy was offering counseling to the woman, whose name was not released. Owens was not available for comment. An Article 32 hearing similar to a civilian grand jury inquiry will be held to determine if there is sufficient evidence to go ahead with a court-martial. The investigation is being handled by the Naval Criminal Investigation Service. Guilty! They got it. 
You know, there's something such a this military court is such a kangaroo court. I'm sure you know that's bad for fucking uh, you know press. All these military academies with all these rapes, so they're going to just throw the guy in the fucking slammer. It's all been decided. Colombian woman was given uh, has given birth to a 15 pound baby. Ow, the largest in 40 years in Madrid's main maternity hospital. The 38 year old mother, identified only as Rosario, had gestational diabetes, which can cause women to give birth to larger than usual babies. And a track record. Her first daughter, now nine, weighed 10.2 pounds at birth. The new baby's father, Juan Carlos, said, there's a surprise, said that another woman he had a daughter with weighed 17 pounds at birth. They told me it's genetic, he told Jest Radio. The proud parents showed off their daughter, Aranka, on Monday. She was born February 13th at the hospital, Universitario La Paz. The mother said she gained 48 pounds during pregnancy, and towards the end, she could barely walk. Aranka, 22 inches long, was born via cesarean section, I would think so, in a procedure that ended up surprising even veteran nurses. Rosario said, I got scared when the nurses said, oh, my God. I was conscious with an epidural, and I was afraid because I did not know if the baby had problems or, in the end, if I was having more than one, as predicted by some people who had seen my stomach. (laughs) People took one look at her and said, so what are you going to name them? The triplets. So, yeah, big fat kid was born. He'll probably turn out to be like a shrimp. It's an ironical world. We're talking about working and making money and making a living and doing what you do with your life. I guess whatever the fuck you do with your life is what your work is. If you get up in the morning and you shovel shit against the tide, that's your life. And if you get up in the morning and you uh, run a, you know, an anti-fucking-owl-poaching uh, activist society, that's your life. And in this day and age, it's much easier to do what you want to do, you know, with the advent of instant communications and faxes and email. and It's easier to get that fucking sanctuary out in the middle of nowhere. Get yourself a robust link to the grid and do whatever you got to do. I think we're going to go into this reverse, you know, we were doing this nesting thing for the past 20 years where everybody was flocking to the cities. And um, I think we're going to just start doing the opposite now. Everybody's going to start fleeing the cities and setting up shop in the middle of nowhere. You know, the the people always talk about overcrowding, but even in the United States, which is, you know, one of the most overcrowded areas in the world, I mean, some cities, you know, people live fucking vertically on top of each other for hundreds and hundreds of feet. Uh, but there's more unlived-in territory in the United States than lived in. It's a great big wide open world, lots of room out there. So for all you people that want to set up in the, you know, woods or in the desert, there's tons of room. And, you know, I think there's something very healthy and natural about that because once we get out from on top of each other, we could just start setting our chickens free. Metaphorically speaking, I don't mean to set the chickens free. Then you won't have any any money to buy supplies when you hike into town once a week. Leave the chickens in the pens, but metaphorically set your chickens free. There was a poem by R. Crumb. I was born down south on a chicken farm. Near Nashville, Tennessee, weren't nobody there but a sky full of air. 
17 billion chickens and me. And then one day I said, hey, 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 I think I'll drop a little LSD. Blew my mind. I got real kind. And I set my chickens free. And there were chickens in the pasture, chickens in the barn, chickens in the cauliflower, chickens in the corn. There was chickens driving Cadillacs to Washington, D.C. the day I set my chickens free. And I think back on that poem and I think to myself, that's what I need to fucking do, man. I need to set my chickens free. Ah, uh, cover your eyes. Well, you know what we do it all for? We do it all for the dinero, the bucks, the dough, the cash, the loot, the booty, money. On Just the Radio, this one goes out to the Lord of Sin. Don't fuck with that dial. It gets good. Starting right now.
wasn't the right. Your whole life, there's always been that one creepy, weird person somewhere in your life. I guarantee it. That's just when we were little. Then you finally grow up. <laughs> That's the sound of growing up. <laughs> Even now, at your job, there is a freak. There's a weird guy at every job that makes you concernicus every time he's around. And the strange thing about it, it's the same guy at every single job you go to, right? He's there, you quit, you go to the new job, and you're like, oh my God, isn't that the guy from the other job? That's the guy, the scary guy. Why am I talking in such a high voice? It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. I can describe the guy. I can tell you right now. I can list all the features of this guy. First of all, he's not a fat guy. He's not fat. You would never say he's fat, but he is shapes. He's like an amoeba. He's always a different consistency. He's like a lava lamp type of individual. He walks around very slow. He's got that perfect orb front ass right here. What is that? It's perfect. It's like he's got a botanical garden and he grows potatoes on his taint. What is that? You want to see it, but you don't. You want to see it, but you're all set. Nobody talks to that guy. You don't talk to that guy. He's got the blue blocker glasses on. You never see his eyes. He's got the pocket with the whole jubilee of pens coming up out of there in case he has to write a lot. And nobody talks to that guy. If you're in the break room with a couple of your friends, right, and you see him come morphing in out of your periphery, <laughs> second he comes in, you're like, hey, do you guys want to get the fuck out of the break room? Do you guys want to? What do you guys want to do? Let's go up on the roof and break dance. Let's just, let's go behind the vending machine. Can somebody pull the vending machine up so I can go behind here? Move the machine, please. Please. Nobody talks to that guy, but let me tell you something. Any job I've ever had in my life, I talk to that guy. I would talk to him, I'd find him on purpose, and I would have little chit-chats with him, and I would be very interested. I'd be like, by the way, here's a Snickers, that's for you. Peanuts, caramel, put that in your mouth, enjoy that. You know why I talk to that guy? Because when that day finally comes where he snaps, and he comes into work with a sawed-off shotgun, walking through the hall, and he finally gets to my office, he's going to be like, thanks for the candy. You laugh now, but you know Monday morning you're going to be like, hey Marcus, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Here, I bought you some pens for your crazy pocket. I know you love pens, and I happen to love pens too. We should talk about pens someday. Just sit around and talk about pens. Inks, pens, caps, I love them.
Somebody who could do the job for free when you need a bit of loving because your man is out of town. That's the time you get me running, and you know I'll be around. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Steely Dan on Jester Radio. There's another interesting use of the word work your dirty work, anything unpleasant or anything you got to do. We use words like work and job for all kinds of things that aren't really work or jobs. If you uh, go to the gym, then you work out. And if you suck some guy's cock, then you're giving him a blow job. Anything that you give in order to get something else is work or a job. Dane Cook, before that, the creepy guy at work. Everybody knows. Anybody that's ever worked in an office knows this guy. And we started that set with Pink Floyd Money, the root of all evil, goes out to the Lord of Sin. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006.
Um, Serial kissers at Brazil's racy carnival parades can now swap saliva with even more revelers thanks to a mouth spray designed to fight germs. Just one of many weird products companies have launched to profit from traditionally libidinous revelry. Sex is back in, folks, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, we're seeing more ads for porno shops and, uh, you know, sex stores. Sex is back in. It's been a long fucking time that it was away, man. Let me tell you, it was rough. The spray was launched by a local company for carnival celebrations this week in Salvador, the heart of Brazil's African culture, and Sao Paulo, its biggest city. French kissing among strangers is rife during carnival. Its slogan was, kiss a lot, kiss pleasurably, kiss safe. <laughs> Beiji, or kiss, is made with propolis, or beehive glue. Though propolis has long been used in natural medicine, many health experts disagree about its positive effects. Here's one of these patent medicines we were talking about before. Still, propolis extracts from tropical Bahia state have special qualities that fight microorganisms and boost the immune system, Brazilian researchers say. 35-millimeter bottle of mouth spray will sell for five rias, which is about $2.35 in real money. And the local Naturapi companies hope to sell more than 100,000 bottles during the bash. Other companies or groups are selling revealing costumes, flavored condoms, drug costumes, drag costumes, I should say, and even small patches of glitter to cover genitalia during the celebrations because you got to keep those genitalia covered. Government is distributing 25 million free condoms during Carnival this year to promote safe sex as part of its acclaimed anti-AIDS program, which provides free antiretroviral drugs for HIV-positive Brazilians. So don't worry. If you pick up a case of the AIDS there at the Carnival, they'll take care of that too, because the government is your mommy. A Bavarian village was flooded by liquid pig manure, after a tank containing the fertilizer burst, German police said today sewage rose to 20 inches in the courtyards and streets of Elza after gushing from the tank, which held some 240,000 liters of pig manure. The village was swamped with green-brown liquid, and it was pig manure, the mother of all muck, said Rainer Prediger, a police spokesman in the nearby, nearby town of Coburg. They tried to get somebody who was actually in the town, but they had all fucking passed out from the stench. Teenage guitarist got so carried away while bouncing up and down in his bed, mimicking a rock star that he flew out the third floor window to his death. Singapore newspaper reported today, the Straight Times said, Li Meng, a 16-year-old from China who was studying at Singapore's Hua Business School, was a keen musician who liked to jump up and down while playing his guitar in his hostel room. But on November 17th, he took things a bit too far, the newspaper said, reporting on a coroner's court findings. Ruling death by misadventure, the court said evidence points to the deceased unintentionally falling out of the window to his death when he was hyped up with exhilaration, jumping up and down on the bed, which was placed up against an open window while mimicking a rock guitarist. Normally the windows are locked, the newspaper said, but students sometimes force them open so they could smoke, which is prohibited by the hostel. So, you know, anybody could be a rock and roll star, but you just have to stay inside. 
Can't jump out the fucking window. So this guy, you know this guy, works in an office, gets up every morning, goes to work at 9, comes back home at 5.30, gets the same train every time. His world is built on punctuality. Never fails. Because he gets up in the morning And he goes to work at 9 And he comes back home at 5.30 Gets the same train every time Because his world is built on punctuality It never fails And he's all so good And he's all so fine And he's all so healthy In his body and his mind well-respected man about town Doing the best thing so conservatively And his mother goes to meetings While his father pulls a maid And she stirs a tea with counsellors While discussing foreign trade And she passes looks as well as bills That every suave young man And she's all so good and he's all so fine And he's all so healthy In his body and his mind He's a well-respected man about town Doing the best thing so conservatively And he likes his own backyard And he likes his bags the best Cause he's better than the rest And his own sweat smells the best and he hopes to grab his father's room when Facebook passes on. Cause he's all so good, and he's all so fine, and he's all so healthy in his body and his mind. He's a well-respected man about town, doing the best thing so Hey 
About men and God and law Everybody says She's the brains behind her She's 68 but she says she's 54 I ain't gonna work for Maggie's Ma no more I just want to be like I am, and everybody wants me to be just like them. And there's uh, the jester himself putting his foot down, ain't going to work on Maggie's farm no more, the kinks before that. And well-respected man about town doing the best things so conservatively. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006. And we're examining the plight of the working man this evening. In fact, what it even means to work. Some people claim they have a calling. You always hear that from religious people. I I got the calling one evening when I was eating a tuna fish sandwich. And then the Lord spoke to me. And Some people have big plans, you know. They sit on staircases with friends and make all kinds of great plans in the future. And then, you know, life just sort of happens to them and they don't really do anything about their plans. I'm 46 years old now and I look back on all the plans that I made with people and all the shit that people told me that they were going to do and uh, and the way it's turned out, you know, some are mathematicians and some are carpenters' wives. 
Don't know how it all got started. Don't know what they're doing with their lives. Florida man has confessed to bludgeoning his roommate to death with a sledgehammer and a claw hammer after an argument that started over an empty roll of toilet paper. Franklin Paul Crow, 56, was arrested early Monday and later charged with murder in the beating death of 58-year-old Kenneth Matthews in the small town of Moss Bluff, Miami, according to the Marion County Sheriff's Office. Captain Jimmy Pogue said Crow told investigators he grabbed the sledgehammer and claw hammer after Matthews, who rented the mobile home where the two lived, armed himself with a rifle. During the altercation, he later confessed to using the work tools to strike Matthews, who was so badly beaten he had to be identified through fingerprints ten times. Pogue said there were only two people there, Mr. Crow and Mr. Matthews, and unfortunately Mr. Matthews ain't talking. So we pretty much just have to go by what Mr. Crow says, Pogue said. He says that the argument started over an empty roll of toilet paper. Crow was being held in the Marion County Jail without bond. His court-appointed lawyer could not be reached for immediate comment. He was apparently, I guess, spending his time mounting a a defense for murder. (laughs) Hundreds of born-again Christians dropped their Bibles and began singing songs hailing Uganda's Long-serving President Yoweri Museveni, a pastor, tells them he will only bless those who vote for the former rebel leader and compares Museveni's rivals in tomorrow's election to half-cooked food not ready to be served. If you deceive me and do not vote for Museveni, I will pray that you suffer. He dies. <laughs> Fucking son of a bitch. Uh, this is a priest. He tells the two-day prayer meeting in Kampala before leading a chorus of Museveni Taja Gendi, which means Museveni won't go in the local Luganda tongue. Outspoken religious leaders have weighed unashamedly, unashamedly on tomorrow's polls, the first multi-party ballot in 25 years in one of the world's most Christian nations. Another pastor, Robert Kanyanja, head of the country's biggest born-again church, pro- prophesied that the next president would win 61.8% of the votes, two candidates would pull out, and a third would die because he was on his way over to his house now. All five candidates seeking the key to state house have been hunting the Christian vote, but Museveni is leading the fastest-growing group, evangelical born-again churches. Part of the reason is that his wife, Janet, who is a heroine to many in the movement, she's led a recent uh, abstinence drive against HIV-AIDS, infuriating many who believe Its previous successes were based on condoms and education about the disease. Janet, uh, who was standing for parliament for the first time, has cited divine instruction for her candidacy and told the local newspaper that she was acting on orders from the Lord. So uh, is the only independent candidate challenging her husband, Abed Buanica, as well as uh, Peter Sematimba, radio station boss and evangelical pastor who is running for Kampala mayor. So they're all running on the God vote. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. That's one way to make a living, huh? Fooling all the people all the time. It's uh, Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006. Coming up this hour, uh, Ray Stevens and the Young Rascals and Harper's Bazaar and Mungo Jerry and Bob Marley and Warren Zevon and King Crimson and the Doobies. All that and so much more. This guy can't get to sleep. 
He just walks around all night thinking about the implications of diving in too deep and possibly the complications, especially at night. He worries over situations he knows will be all right. It's just overkill. Maybe this is the product of being in the working world. Don't fuck with that dial. Men at work. Leave it right where it is on Jester Radio. I can get you sleep. I think about the implications of diving into deep. And possibly the complications, especially at night. I worry over situations. I know we'll be alright. Perhaps it's just an imagination Day after day it reappears Night after night my heartbeat shows the fear Ghosts appear and fade away Between the sheets Exasperation It's time to walk the streets Smell the desperation At least there's pretty lights Though there's little variation It nullifies the light From overkill Day after day We appear
Hey, look out. Trippy vibes. What? Oh, I'm, yeah, I, listen, I didn't make it out to work today. I just, I, I just woke up. I'm sorry. I'm just really hungover. <sighs> okay, and your social security number? Five 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 two. What is it? Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just. Are you all right, sir? I just had too much to drink. This wild Kentucky. This stuff's awesome. Yeah, it sounds real awesome, doesn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. But tell, uh, don't tell Joe I've been drinking again. What? Don't tell them? I'm not going to lie to them. Well, look, do I get sick pay? You will not get sick pay for being hungover. Uh, 8 o'clock's too early. They want me at 8 o'clock. I just can't make it out that early. What is your social security number? I'm trying to... Th I'm just like my head spinning right now. They, they call me the lewd head at the site. Well, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> What is your name, sir? This is Blade. Blaine? Blade Jones. Blade Jones? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Blade, I can't get you in our... What is your social security number? Well, they hired me up right at the site. What do you, where do you work? We're, it's like, um, I think at 13th Street, we're supposed to build some forms today, but I just, I started drinking at like 8 o'clock this morning. I... Uh, why did you start out. drinking at 8 o'clock this morning? I don't know. I just... Why not? <gasps> well, considering that you were supposed to be at work, that would be my... Hey, I, I don't drink at work, at least. <clears throat> what is the name of the company you work for? I don't know. They picked me up off the street, and they just hired me to do some work. <gasps> Can you... Tell the boss I'll try to make How it How am I supposed tomorrow. to tell the boss who... Where, when you're supposed to be there, if I don't know who you are because you can't remember your social security number. Well, maybe that's better because I don't want them to know I've been drinking again. I'm just wigging out right now. I'm sorry. I'll just I'll try to make it out tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Itemize the things you covet as you squander through your life. Bigger cars, bigger houses, term insurance for your wife. Tuesday evenings with your harlot, and on Wednesdays it's your charlatan analyst. He's high up on your list. You've got air-conditioned sinuses and dark disturbing doubt about religion. And you keep those cards and letters going not While your secretary is tempting you Your morals are exempting you from guilt and shame Heaven knows you're not to blame You better take care of business, Mr. Businessman What's your plan? Get down to business, Mr. Businessman If you can before it's too late Then you throw your life away did you see your children growing up today? And did you hear the music of their laughter as they set about to play? Did you catch the fragrance of those roses in your garden? Did the morning sunlight warm your soul, brighten up your day? Do you qualify to be alive? 
counterfeit incentive, wasting precious time and health, placing value on the worthless, disregarding priceless wealth. You can wheel and deal the best of them and steal it from the rest of them. You know the score. Their ethics are a bore. 86 proof anesthetic crutches prop you to the top. Where the smiles are all synthetic and the ulcers never stop. When they take that final inventory, yours will be the same sad story everywhere. No one will really care. No one more lonely than this rich, important man. Let's have your autograph. Endorse your epitaph. You better take care of business, Mr. Businessman. Put your back hand. Get down to business, Mr. Businessman, if you can. Eighty-six anesthetic crutches prop you to the top, where the smiles are all synthetic and the ulcers never stop. When they take that final inventory, yours will be the same sad story. No one will really care. No one more lonely than this rich, important man. Let's have your autograph. Endorse your epitaph. Better take care of business. Mr. Businessman, what's your plan? Ray Stevens on Jester Radio. That's the guy that did all those funny songs back in the 60s, like The Streak and Ahab the Arab. And he also did, uh, you know, that uh, really cool uh, Everything is Beautiful song. Ray Stevens on Jester Radio. Touchtone Terrorist before that and the Drunk Construction Worker bit. Men at Work started that set with Overkill. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006. Talking this evening about all the shit that we do to survive it's an incredible system we've created for ourselves everybody has to get out there and uh fend for themselves and some of us are less uh, a, uh some of us are more or uh, less able to do that than others so i always have a tendency to think of the guy behind the you know um counter at mcdonald's as being stupid and the guy who, who's, you know, running uh, the b- boardroom meeting is smart. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? We all know that. There are other factors in the mix as to uh, what we end up doing with our lives. Some people are overachievers and they seem to accomplish more than their skill set would otherwise predict and some people are underachievers and they just can't seem to 
get their shit together. Even though it seems like they got their shit going for them, you know, maybe they're smart or they're they have some kind of special skill, but they just can't market it. They can't get into that uh, groove. San Francisco, a leader in urban recycling, is preparing to enlist its canine population for a first time in the United States, converting dog shit into energy. I was just discussing that very issue this evening with Ms. American Girl, who is considering a job as the head of the California Dog Poop Reclamation Office, actually uh, uh, the uh, Ecology Conservation Office, but it's the same thing. NorCal Waste Systems, the city's garbage company, plans to test collection carts and biodegradable bags in a city center park popular with dog walkers. The city study found that almost 4% of all the garbage picked up at San Francisco Homes was from animal waste destined for the city's landfill. San Francisco has about 120,000 dogs. The city asked us to start thinking about a pilot program to recycle the dog shit in order to cut back adding more waste in the landfills, Reed said. Dog feces can be scooped into a methane digester, a device that uses bugs and microorganisms to gobble up the material and emit methane, which will then be trapped and burned to power a turbine to make electricity or to heat homes. Dogs and cats in the United States produce about 10 million tons of waste a year, according to Will Brenton, an environmental scientist and owner-director of Woods End Laboratory in Maine. As much as we love them, our pets leave a lot of manure behind them in yards and on the street, and that could be a major source of contamination of groundwater, Brenton said. European cities such as Zurich, Frankfurt, Munich, and Vienna were operating biomass programs to turn waste into gas, he said. San Francisco runs an aggressive program to recycle bottles, cans, paper, and other trash, and now diverts two-thirds of its garbage away from the landfills. The city's goal is a 75% diversion by 2010 and zero new waste in landfills by 2020. So they're pretty fruity out there in San Francisco, so who knows? Maybe they're onto something. They were five lonely deaths. You know, talk about what, you know, what are you living for? Only discovered because of the stench of decomposing bodies, but the realization that someone can die in their Sydney, Australia home unnoticed for months has shocked Australia's biggest city in the past 10 days. The bodies of five elderly Australians have been found in their lounge room or bedroom. One, a mere skeleton, after dying an estimated eight months ago. The latest two, an elderly couple in their 80s, were found in their apartment yesterday on Sydney's affluent North Shore. What sort of a heartless society can it be in which elderly are so irrelevant and unimportant that they can die alone and unnoticed, unmissed for months on end? asked Sydney's The Daily Telegraph newspaper in its editorial today. A society like ours, obviously. Sydney won an international reputation as a warm and friendly city during the 2000 Olympics, but the elderly deaths have left many wondering what happened to their community. We have to come back to being a community, not only those that surround the older person living by themselves to make sure that they're not isolated, said Lillian Jeter, spokeswoman for the Elder Abuse Prevention Association, told uh, Jester Radio today. Sydney's radio bristled yesterday with discussion on whether the city of 4 million people had become mean-spirited 
newspaper survey this week found half of Australians feel their country has become a meaner place in the past 10 years since Prime Minister John Howard first came to power in 1996. The Sydney Morning Herald survey also found that one in 10 people felt Australia was a less fair society. The survey found the overwhelming majority supported Howard's economic stewardship with Australia enjoying 15 years of growth and his stand against terrorism, but 55% of the people regarded the prime minister as divisive. So they're blaming the president or the prime minister, the country's meaner, and the dead people are fucking dying by themselves. I tell you, don't feel so bad about me when you find me dead in my lounge room for eight months. Believe me, I'll be fine. And once I'm dead, you can rest assured that I won't care about a thing. I won't feel bad that nobody found me because I've stopped feeling completely. So don't worry about it. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Just Radio this Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that if you've missed any portion of this evening's program, you could catch it again at 2 a.m. and then 2 p.m. following all times Eastern. Also, if you tuned in this evening through Live 365, get out while the getting's good. We'll be dropping them soon. Simply head over to www.com. You could stop with the W's. That's enough W's. Justradio.com and click on the the tune-in icon on the left-hand panel, that little radio thing, and link in through that because we're getting rid of Live 365 because they suck. So Live 365, you could suck my big, fat, white, hairy dick. Fuck you. Fuck you and your mother. Fuck the horse you rode up on. Fuck you. Because they've just given us nothing but misery and caused us nothing but pain. And uh, so you could tune in through our uh, new um, listing service via streaming.net, our relay service. And it's a great, clean, crisp uh, signal without any buffering and loss and underruns and all kinds of shit. Um, also, Bob the Engineers asked me to remind you to leave it on Jester Radio 24 hours a day. It's good for you and it's good for us. Don't fuck with that dial. Here's the last word. And all that work shit is every now and then you got to just kick back. Shake it off. Slow down. Slow down. You're moving too fast. You got to make the morning last. Kick down a cobblestone looking for fun and feeling groovy on Just the Radio.
too fast You got to make the morning last Just kicking down cobblestones You're looking for fun and feeling groovy to spend your days grooving young rascals on jester radio harper's bizarre before that the 59th street bridge song you're listening to the ravings of a clown on jester radio this wednesday february the 22nd the year of our lord 2006 extra special thanks to all those who tuned in this evening especially those that stopped by the jester radio chat room including sid the neighbor texas frank lord of sin ms american girl and uh, all the folks uh, tuning in from your foreign countries. Special thanks to you guys for doing that. A wave of international victories for Dutch... Oh, oh, yes, that's right. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Extra special thanks for those tuning in this evening from uh, the Brothers of Sin listeners. Welcome one, welcome all. Wave of international victories for Dutch darts players... 
has prompted an increase in the number of injuries as people take up the game at home, according to a Dutch Consumer Safety Association. Over-eagerness caused some of the most injuries, said a spokeswoman for the group, with players hurling their darts before opponents had finished retrieving their own. That's the key to darts. That's the whole key right there, is you wait for the guy to clear the board. Poorly hung dartboards also posed problems. Often the board falls down on someone's foot. Or, so you're not even getting hit by a dart. Or worse, on someone's head, she added. About 120 people are admitted to hospitals each year with injuries sustained during darts. With pierced fingers and wrists most common, eye injuries were rare. The association said, maybe it's a national pride that when one of us is good as a sport, we all want to have a go, the spokeswoman said, putting a lovely light on it. Last month, 21-year-old Dutchman Jel Klonsen wowed audiences at the World Darts Championship with a victory over fellow Dutchman Raymond van Barneveld to become the youngest ever world champion and a national hero. He's a national hero because he can throw pointed projectiles towards a cork, piece of cork on the wall, and he's a hero. The Stockholm chapter of the biker gang Hell's Angels is being investigated for fraud after police found 70% of the members were certified as depressed. All by the same doctor, and they were getting state sickness benefits. It seems to be depressing being a matter of this club. Christopher Nilsson, deputy head of Stockholm Police's criminal investigation department, told Jest Radio, biker gangs like the Hells Angels and their deadly rivals, the Banditos, have a history of violent crime in Scandinavia, including shootouts and bomb attacks, but they've also branched out into benefit and tax fraud in recent years. So they're getting... They're getting paid. You always hear that figure of speech about, you know, like uh, people who rob stores and shit, you know, and they say, why do you do it? And they go, well, I got to get paid, don't I? They think that's like their salary, stealing somebody else's shit. That's a way to make a living right there. Sweden has estimated that as many as a fifth of its workforce is on long-term sick leave. <laughs> Or early retirement due to sickness often put down to burnout. And the government has been cracking down on fraud to get more people back to work. That's what I got. I got the fucking burnout, man. Where's my check? <laughs> Zip your top up properly. Leave the wig and false mustache in your chalet. Whatever you do, do not sip the wrong kind of cola. Doping aside... There are plenty of weird and wonderful ways to get yourself disqualified from the Winter Olympics. And at times, the rules and regulations governing each sport reads like a pendant's manifesto. In ski jumping, for example, a competitor who fails to zip his suit up to the very top risks more than catching a cold, presumably to prevent someone from wearing a Michelin man-style inflatable outfit for extra air buoyancy. The rules state that the competitor's suits must cling closely to the body. The anterior crotch length is especially tightly policed <laughs> with a modest four centimeters in the uh, the maximum leeway allowed. Thursday during the Nordic combined event, the Finnish team protested that one of the German jumpers, Bjorn Kirkensen, had breached the rules governing the air permeability of his suit because it was slightly unzipped at the neck. The appeal was unanimously rejected by the jury. 
In the same event, one of the rules stipulates that a competitor will be penalized if he takes his skis to any official ceremonies. <laughs> what? Furthermore, as Japan's Mashikoto Harada found out, in the normal hill qualifying, a jumper is disqualified if his skis are longer than his height, multiplied by 1.46. In the exhausting sport of cross-country skiing, a competitor is disqualified if, in a fit of masochism, he skis more than one leg of the course in a relay, or even more mysteriously, if he takes part in the competition under false pretenses. You know, like says he's a Catholic and he's really a Protestant. The latter charge could arguably have been applied to Costa Rican Arturo Kinch. The mustachioed 49-year-old brought an air of slapstick to Friday's 10-kilometer classical race when he stumbled and also almost fell in the first few strides en route to the 96th place. The false pretenses rule also covers alpine skiing, where, as in ski jumping, having the wrong size skis is another cause for disqualification. That was the fate suffered by Britain Chemi Alcott. In the women's combined event Friday, her skis were found to be a minuscule 0.2 millimeters too narrow. Freestyle skier can be disqualified for doing a trick they're not qualified to try for or attempting a trick which is more difficult than those they performed in training. Rulemakers have so far resisted the urge to dock them points for appalling choice of music to accompany their run. Sponsorship enforcement is also a deadly serious matter at all Olympic venues. Woe betide a competitor or a spectator who sports or consumes a product that's not made by one of the companies on the list of official sponsors. In the spectator's case, they'll have to have the offending bottle of cola removed from their possession, while the athlete cannot display any form of advertising at venues where even the official sponsor's product are kept hidden. Offending logos get covered up with duct tape. Another great use for duct tape. Wrong kind of spoken word can also be costly. At the biathlon yesterday, American Jay Haken risked being disqualified following claims that he used inappropriate language after missing all five shots at the target in the 10-kilometer sprint. Asked if uh, Hakenin had sworn audibly U.S. coach James Upham ducked. I don't know. I didn't ask. And he, he didn't say anything. Japanese couples who celebrate the husband's uh, retirement with a leisurely cruise or overseas trip may find themselves headed for divorce when they get home. Many Japanese men who retire have spent decades living largely apart from their families as they devoted themselves to their jobs. Recipe for trouble when they decide to take extended trips abroad with their wives. It's dangerous for couples to suddenly go on an overseas trip when their husbands retire. Author Sayoko Nishida, who wrote a popular book called Why Are Retired Husbands Such a Nuisance, was quoted as telling Kyoto news agency Nishida, who runs a school in Tokyo called Retirement Cram School, which uh, she set up to help couples deal with the issue, recommends that couples take one-day bus tours for practice. Others say the real kiss of death for a relationship is a cruise since couples are stuck together with each other on a ship for days or even weeks. The number of divorces among couples married 20 or more years hit 42,000 in 2004, double what it was in 1985, while the number among those married over 30 years is four times higher. 
According to Japan's health ministry, what's most important for couples after retirement is communication, says Kazumi Tanaguchi, editor of a magazine aimed at retiring baby boomers. Overseas trips and moving abroad without considering this factor will only enhance the possibility of divorce. Well, I think, you know, as people get older, um, they're going to get divorced. You know, that's just the way it is. Relationships uh, are, some relationships are fucked up and they just don't last. And maybe people are sort of getting the hint that, you know, this is your one and only shot. This isn't dress rehearsal. This is the one and only life you're going to get. And, uh, you know, the goal is to be happy. Make the most out of it that you can. And maybe that's the the whole point that we've set up this system for ourselves. Maybe that's why we have this whole get up every morning, work like a fucking horse all day, and then go home and crash at night and then get up the next day and do it all over again so that we can make the very best of that little flash of an instant that we have while we're here. And uh, it's just as important, the nine to five part is just as important as the after five part where you spend your days and evenings contemplating your navel and chilling out, listening to some good music, drinking a beer, hanging with the ones you love, building a something cool in your workshop, working on that, on that old car or that bike, painting, dancing, sculpting, telling jokes, cooking, spending time with your children. Maybe that's what it's all about. Jamming, if you're into music. That's what Bob Marley's doing tonight. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio. This one's for Frank. Zion, 
Bob Marley and the Whalers on Just Radio quite clearly wasted out of his fucking noodle. That one goes out to Texas. Frank, you've been listening to the ravings of a clown this evening on Just Radio. Thanks very much for stopping by this Wednesday, February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2006. You know I miss you already because I love you so much. Extra special thanks for all those... Folks that joined in from the Brothers of Sin Radio, please check them out at audiorealm.net. And um, keep jamming. Be impeccable with your words. Speak with integrity for crying out loud. Say only what you mean. Use words. Avoid using words to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And always, always do your best. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Hustis, make the very most out of each and every second. Sleep when you're dead. Good night. I love you. See you so tomorrow. Much to do. There's plenty on the farm. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Saturday night, I like to raise a little harm. I'll sleep when I'm dead.
Thank you. 